Hi, everyone. I'm Emily Chang, and today we're bringing you an interview from Seattle and a visit to Amazon headquarters. Jeff Bezos shocked the world when he stepped down as CEO of Amazon, but less shocking was his choice for successor. Andy Jassy wasn't only one of his longest-tenured lieutenants, but the architect of Amazon's multi-billion-dollar cloud business, Amazon Web Services, a moonshot that helped transform Amazon into not just e-commerce, but enterprise juggernaut. Jassy then needed to find his own successor, tapping a former colleague who helped grow AWS in its earliest days, but had since left to run Seattle software giant Tableau. His job? to continue the reinvention of AWS, and in turn, Amazon. Joining me on this edition of Bloomberg Studio 1.0 with a view of the spheres from Amazon headquarters, new AWS CEO, Adam Salipsky. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, it's great to be with you. It's great to be here in front of the spheres and everything. Yes, our uh, really uh, <laughs> unique biospheres with hundreds of endangered uh, plants from around the world, it's a really special place. You worked for AWS for 11 years and then went on to become CEO of Tableau Software in 2016. Then you get a call from Amazon to come back and run AWS as CEO. Tell me about that call. Well, I was uh, having a one-on-one -on -one at, uh, at, at my prior company, and uh, my Apple news alerts went off like everybody else's <laughs> did. And uh, it said Jeff Bezos is taking on a new role, and Andy Jassy is taking on the, the CEO role of, of Amazon. And uh, of course, Andy and I worked uh, shoulder to shoulder about 20 feet apart for 11 years. So of course, I reached out and congratulated him, and uh, we started talking. And um, you know, the conversation turned to just some of the possibilities, and uh, next thing I know, uh, a little while later, uh, here I am back at Amazon, absolutely delighted and honored to be the CEO of AWS and uh, helping to shepherd this uh, this amazing business for our customers. In that process, did you talk to Jeff as well? Yeah, I had some communication, but it was you know principally with Andy, who yeah. of course was uh, you know knew the AWS business best, and of course was taking on the CEO role. But uh, yeah, there was you know contact as you might expect with a small handful of other people. So, what did Andy tell you he wanted in the next chapter for AWS? Andy uh, reminded me, uh, not that I needed reminding, but that it is really still day one for AWS and for our customers. It is still so early in this business, and we shouldn't think that uh, just because uh, the business has grown rapidly, uh, or just because we're uh, currently the leader uh, in, the, in the cloud, uh, that it's anything close to mature. And so he really reminded me that we have to stay hungry, innovate as quickly as we ever have done in the past. You're about you know, half a year into the job. Mm -hmm. What changed while you were gone that surprised you? Well, I think that so many more customers have, have really uh, adopted the cloud and have really decided that they're, they're going all in. So, uh, I mean, it was a pretty decent sized business when I left, but uh, it's really grown and the, the customer base has really expanded. And so now we have you know, very deep relationships at the CEO level, the CIO level, across every country, every industry, every use case. And we're regularly interacting with you know, the, the most senior people uh, at the, our client organizations. So you were working at Real Networks yes. in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. and I understand you were offered a job at AWS without even really knowing what it was. I guess AWS was in stealth mode. Well, it was very secret, <laughs> so it was, it, was, it, was, it was hard that, you know, the company didn't want to talk too much about it, but of course, you know, we had to talk a certain amount <laughs> about it. So uh, the call I got went something like, uh, we have this initiative to uh, turn the guts of Amazon inside out and expose it to other people. 
And it sounded intriguing, although I confess I didn't fully understand what that was all about. So I came in and started talking to Andy and a few of the other senior leaders and eventually to Jeff. And uh, I, I would have to say that you know, even by the time I took the job, I, I thought, I, I mostly understand what they're talking about. And it sounds like a good idea, and, and, and I'm in. But uh, uh, I also was like, well, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, Amazon's a big, big place. And so uh, I think we've got a lot of, lot of intent to succeed here. And that's the thing that impressed me was Amazon really had the, the desire and the intent and the belief that this could be a, a really good business. AWS comes out of stealth mode and is the first to market with a cloud infrastructure service in 2006. How important was that first start? And, and, and do you think AWS still has an advantage today because of that? I, I think the, uh, the, the time to market advantage that we had, which was probably honestly five to seven years head start before other companies you know, really started to take this seriously was an enormous, frankly it was um, just one of the biggest things that happened to us in, in the early years. Because at the beginning a lot of people didn't get it. I would get asked a lot in 2006, so what does this have to do with selling books? And I even had a slide with uh, kind of a pile of books on it and a question mark next to it. And, and the answer was, it has nothing to do with selling books, but the technology which enables us to sell books, being global, being uh, at a massive scale, being secure, being low cost, being highly performant, all that technology has everything to do with offering these types of services externally. Now, AWS isn't a scrappy startup anymore, and you do have big rivals, even though AWS is still the leader. Microsoft and Google are big rivals. How do you make sure that being big doesn't slow you down? Oh, it's a great question because we, we are currently the leader and uh, I mean depending on which uh, you know third party you, 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 you look at we're probably a little bit more than twice as big as, uh, as, as number two and it's really important to continue to act as if uh, you know, we're insurgents and to be insurgents and not to start to act like uh, incumbents and uh, I, I like to talk about actually managing the business. We want our senior leaders to be managing product and managing customers. And I think as you get bigger and you put more and more uh, layers into your company, it's, it's all too frequent that you start managing math. You start managing ratios and percentages and growth. And I think uh, it, it's, it's a real disease if you, if you stray away from really focusing in a deep way on the product you're building and in a deep way on what your customers are telling you. And so we try and organize, uh, both with our org structure as well as just with, with our culture and what we choose to focus on, on really making sure that ev everybody is thinking about one or both of those two things, product and customers. And if you keep even the most senior leaders engaged at that level, then all of a sudden you, you maintain the urgency and you keep acting like an insurgent. We, we got to feel that urgency every day. So keep acting like an insurgent. That's the motto. <laughs> Absolutely. And structure yourself and, and build a culture that allows you to. It's one thing to say it, but it's easy to say it, but it's much harder to put in place enabling mechanisms that enable you to do so. And we focus a lot of effort on those mechanisms. Now, um, do you think the cloud keeps getting bigger and that AWS and Microsoft and Google just get bigger pieces of an ever-expanding pie? Or at some point, does it become a zero-sum game and that fight for market share becomes more brutal and more bloody? Well, I mean, this is a very large market segment. Uh, if you look at the global IT spend, it's, it's in the trillions of dollars. I've seen estimates like three trillion dollars. It doesn't really matter how many trillions yeah. it is. It's very, very large. And we've always believed that this was too good uh, a market segment opportunity 
for there really to only be one winner. And sure enough, you've seen uh, robust competition emerge and, and we all compete vigorously, but uh, it, it is, the segment is just growing so rapidly that I think uh, really for us, we believe that you know, the winning business strategy for a long time to come, and I would maintain forever, is to focus not on the competitors, but to focus maniacally on customers and wake up every day understanding exactly what it is that they need us to build next, and then work backwards from there back internally to how can we build those things. And if we, if we do the best job at building the most quickly, the things that are most important for our customers, then I'm really not worried about what the competitors will do. This is my conversation with Adam Salipsky, CEO of AWS. Coming up, insight into the newly minted CEO's relationship with Amazon CEO Andy Jassy and Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Also, an update on an AWS investigation into allegations of discrimination and bias at the company. I'm Emily Chang. This is Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Stay with us. You worked 10 feet away from Andy Jassy in the early days. Tell us something about the Amazon CEO that no one knows but you. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> we has, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Seattle, and, and uh, Andy coming from New York has this fascination I don't understand with, uh, with New York sports teams. So uh, I've had to endure that for, uh, uh, that for a lot of years. Uh, uh, New Yorkers, yeah. So wh what are you going to do? Although he's, you know, he's, he's I think, Come, come, come to uh, uh, adopt uh, you know some of the Seattle teams, particularly the new hockey team, the Kraken here. As he should. Uh, as he should, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, how do you expect Andy will be different from Jeff, or how has Andy already been different from Jeff? Well, I, I, I think you know we're all different as leaders. Um, I, I think it's all important that we it's it's important that we all bring our own stamp to it and and operate within ourselves. Uh, I don't think uh, I would. Be a very good Andy. Uh, mm. I don't want to presume, but I would assume that Andy w wouldn't be a great Jeff because mm. you know Jeff's Jeff, Andy's Andy, and uh, and I'm me. So uh, I think that uh, uh, Andy will certainly bring a, a great depth of, of uh, experience from AWS, which is you know one important part of the business, and uh, will having operated that business for so long. And I expect that'll also give him an opportunity, although he was you know, involved in other parts of Amazon certainly uh, for, for for a number of years. Uh, we'll be able to bring a, a fresh perspective to the whole company, just as I hope to bring to AWS. And I think that fresh perspective uh, is is often helpful. I think uh, just the mere act of change is is useful for for the business, for customers, for employees, and just to shake things up a little bit. So I, I think just a, a fresh perspective. How will you be different from Andy? Well, I think that the uh, the world around us is changing so so much that we're going to have to be different. Uh, it doesn't matter what we did yesterday. Mm -hmm. And right after I joined, we actually added two new leadership mm -hmm. principles, uh, which is very exciting. One's around striving to be Earth's best employer, and the second around uh, focusing on the fact that that success and scale bring broad mm -hmm. responsibility. And those are things about which I personally am very passionate. And mm -hmm. so I really personally look forward to digging in and helping the company to figure out what are those things that we have to figure out, where can we innovate to, to be Earth's best employer, and then also to figure out externally what can we do to, to really be great 
citizens of our local communities, to be great citizens of our national communities, and to be great citizens of, of the global community. And I'm, uh, I, I'm, I care a lot about those things, as a lot of other people do here, but I plan to put a good amount of, uh, of energy and time and focus and hopefully help Amazon innovate in all of those areas. How closely do you work with Andy day to day? Does he you know, regularly weigh in on AWS decisions or not? Uh, well, he's he he's got a, a pretty broad scope of things to worry about now. So he he's got a pretty uh, a pretty intense day job, I believe. Uh, so he's really focused across the company as you would expect him to be. But that being said, obviously AWS remains an important part of Amazon, and so uh, we touch base regularly, be it in person or you know via email, just on the most important things going on in the business. Does Jeff ever weigh in on AWS decisions? Yes, I mean, really from the beginning, Jeff was involved at the very, very beginning at, at some of the most fundamental decisions. Uh, how do you price EC2? You know, what do you name S3? What does the detail page look like? Uh, obviously, uh, over time, um, we, the, the business grew, and, uh, but at this, Jeff was always you know, available when we needed him, and uh, I certainly anticipate that'll be the same going forward. So is he still available now? And what do you, what do you understand that Jeff's priorities are? Sure. Well, I'll let, uh, let Jeff speak to his own priorities, yeah. but, but certainly Jeff has been available when, uh, we, for example, we've been doing our, our, our mm -hmm. annual planning cycle, as many companies have, and mm -hmm. it's been great to have, uh, have, have Jeff you know, weigh in on uh, really you know, where we're heading for the next year and beyond, and to just make sure it's easy to get focused on the details of the business, and it's, it's great to have you know, multiple, multiple people who can help you pick your eyes up a little bit. Now, you joined AWS in the middle of a pandemic. You came back to AWS <clears throat> in the middle of a pandemic. That's hopefully moving into the rearview mirror. Moderna is one of AWS's biggest customers. If it weren't for the cloud, if it weren't for AWS, would we have had a vaccine as quickly as we did? I've got to tell you, Emily, it's been an absolute privilege to, for us to work with Moderna uh, because what they're doing obviously is literally life-saving mm -hmm. and uh, they've been so innovative and so creative. So uh, Moderna took a, a drug development process to get to, the, to a vaccine candidate. That process would typically have taken them 20 months. And doing that uh, on AWS in conjunction with all the, the innovation on their side reduced that 20 months to 42 days. 42 days to get the, uh, the, the vaccine candidate, the mRNA vaccine candidate for, for COVID-19. And uh, that was really um, running, on, on running multiple parts of Moderna on AWS. So uh, if you look at the drug design part, they had their, uh, their drug design studio uh, running on AWS, all the way to manufacturing with uh, the new digitized manufacturing that they call their, their uh, digital manufacturing platform. So it's really end-to-end, -end, and the ability to use massive amounts of resources and to uh, pick the exact you know, type of, of, of service and capability for, for, for each part of the job and, and, and to really bring the full set of resources to bear, in addition to not having to focus on the IT and the infrastructure and the technology, and rather letting you know, Moderna focus on, on the all-important uh, job of drug discovery. So working in partnership, uh, it, was, it was just magnificent to uh, to see what they accomplished. Since you joined AWS, a number of longtime AWS leaders have moved on to Microsoft, to Stripe, to Tableau. Does that concern you? Well, actually, re retention has, has been very good. If you, you, you mentioned the, the senior leaders. If, mm -hmm. if you look at the, uh, the VP plus ranks, the VP and above ranks at, uh, at Amazon, the average tenure is, is over a decade, over 10 years. So that's actually very, very strong retention. So uh, uh, of, of course, you know, you're always going to have some level of 
people coming and people going. And uh, at the end of the day, that's actually healthy for the business. Mm -hmm. You want new perspectives to come in, uh, of course, in the right proportion. Mm -hmm. Amazon has opened an investigation after 550 employees supported a petition claiming a culture of discrimination, harassment, bullying, and bias. What's the status of this? Well, we are incredibly focused, and I personally believe it's incredibly important to really have a, a, a very diverse, you know, inclusive, and equitable environment. And uh, we're going to uh, make sure that whatever it takes, that we've got that. So we believe that we're really uh, doing a lot of things to, uh, uh, to deliver on that. And we've got a, a lot of innovative efforts around bringing in a diverse workforce, which we have to have both because uh, we're going to serve our customers best. They're diverse. We have to match that diversity. And also, I just believe it's our responsibility and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, any time there is any uh, possibility that things are not, uh, something has not gone the way we wanted to, we're going to investigate it thoroughly. That's what we're in the middle of doing in this case. And, and we'll make sure that uh, we're operating in a way that's consistent with our values, and, and that's, that's always the only goal. If you could rewind to the early 2000s, the earliest days of, of AWS, is there anything you would have done differently to build an inclusive culture, to start with a more inclusive culture, to make sure that it didn't become a, you know, a, a boys club? Uh, well, I, 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 I don't think that's what we have. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that we do have a, a, a really fun, exciting, uh, innovation-led uh, and inclusive culture. And that being said, these are hard problems. You know, we, I think we've done a lot, but we, we are nowhere close to where we need to be. Uh, we're going to be restless and dissatisfied with our, our progress on uh, DE&I, just as we are with every other part of our, part of our business. You're listening to my conversation with AWS CEO Adam Salipsky. Up next, how AWS is navigating some of the most challenging issues in corporate America, from privacy to security. And we look into the future. Will Amazon have a role in the metaverse? I'm Emily Chang. This is Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Stay with us. AWS has the biggest trove of sensitive corporate data in the world. I'm curious how you think about the balance between data and privacy and you know, freedom and civil liberties in the modern era. I mean, there are governments, there are nation states around the world that want that information. Hackers and criminals want that information. Well, we're very clear to start with that our first job is security. We often say security is job zero. Uh, it was on the, the, the first page of our, of our operating plan uh, pretty much every year, every year that I can remember. But what about when governments request that information, so, subpoena that information? Sure. Well, we are very clear that our customers' data is their data. So the data belongs to our customers. And not everybody operates that way. Uh, we, we are not going to look at customers' data. We are not going to compete against our customers using their data. Their data is their data. Mm. And furthermore, uh, we have all sorts of architectural best practices that uh, our customers should be and, and are using for any sensitive data. And, and so a lot of that really relies around enc uh, encryption. And so we've built a, a, a lot of different encryption capabilities so that uh, any sensitive data, and which could leak for any reason, be it to a government, be it to a hacker, uh, be it to anyone else, uh, any form of, uh, of security breach, that it's encrypted and useless to anybody else. Given the, the, the 
broad array of encryption solutions that we that we provide, it's actually you know very doable and powerful for our customers to to safeguard their data that way. Mark Zuckerberg is making a big bet on the metaverse. Is AWS going to have a role in the metaverse? I think AWS already has a big role in the metaverse. So I think the cloud enables the metaverse. So if you if you think about uh, all of the uh, compute capacity, all of the storage, all of the machine learning, which is in, required to create you know, compelling and delightful uh, end user experiences in the metaverse, uh, a lot of that is already today running on AWS. So um, if you take Epic Games, for example, so Epic runs Fortnite, you know, massively popular game, 350 million users uh, worldwide, and uh, Epic runs uh, almost everything on AWS from the backend servers to the analytics and, and everything in between. Uh, so I think that's a great example of the, of the metaverse at work and all that's happening today on AWS. And we anticipate that's only gonna uh, grow really rapidly in the future. How big do you think it's gonna be? Uh, such an interesting sentence. The metaverse is real, <laughs> and, and yet it's virtual at the same time. Uh, I think that if, if we continue to do, do what we've always done, which is to provide a technology platform that allows organizations to transform, then these gaming and entertainment and social media and other, uh, other companies will be able to do what they do best, which is to focus on innovating on behalf of their end users. And I think that uh, uh, the metaverse and, and many other areas will, uh, will, will be rich with invention. So this next conversation will, have, will happen in the spheres, in the metaverse. That, that's where we'll next meet. Th that? Th that could be. <laughs> I'll, me I'll meet you in the metaverse. All right. See you there. Now, I know that climate change you know, and stopping climate change and your data center footprint is a big passion of yours. How fast will Amazon's data centers get to carbon neutral? Amazon is already the largest purchaser of renewable energy in the world. And we're, uh, we intend to be 100% renewable energy by the year 2025. We'd originally said 2030, we actually accelerated that by five years to 2025. And that's part of our, our broader climate pledge uh, that Amazon created, and to which we've now gotten 200 other organizations to mm -hmm. sign on to. And uh, the, the climate pledge is to be uh, net zero carbon by 2040, 10 years ahead of the, the Paris Accord targets. Yeah. So we, we know how to do some of that. Other part are going to require invention, but we really look forward to it. And I think it's, 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 uh, it's one of the most important things we can do for, the, for our generation. Amazon counts some of the biggest oil and gas producers as its customers. Isn't that a contradiction? Should you be kicking them off your platforms? Those customers are trying to get to uh, sustainable uh, business models which rely on, uh, on, on new energy sources. And I, I, so many of those customers are figuring out how do they get to wind, how do they get to solar, how do they get into batteries, uh, all, all new business models relying on renewable energy. And I think uh, rather than abandoning them and having them uh, maybe dig in more on, uh, on fossil fuels, if we can enable them to, to move faster, to be more innovative, and to be more agile in figuring out new business models, new technical solutions, uh, experimenting, failing fast, and moving on to the next, next idea, then the whole world will get to, to the renewable energy solutions that we need. At this year's reInvent conference, it'll be the first time that Andy Jassy is not giving the keynote. Mm -hmm. You will be. Give us a preview. What can we expect to hear? I think we're going to have a lot of really exciting announcements. So I think across our service portfolio, uh, you'll see that. We have a lot of exciting partner announcements. Uh, the partner ecosystem still remains to this day so important 
to what AWS is doing, and we have some great uh, announcements lined up for that. Uh, and then uh, I, th I think uh, people are going to want to uh, see that we're making it easier and easier for them to uh, consume the cloud and to work with AWS. And so we're going to continue to, in addition to building more powerful basic capabilities, we're going to continue to make it easier and easier in a variety of ways to interact with AWS. Adam Salipsky, CEO of AWS, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the show. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate it. Bloomberg Studio 1.0 is produced by Lauren Ellis. Our managing editor is Danielle Culbertson, with production assistance from Mallory Abelhausen and Matt Tonlin. If you like our show, please share it or write a review wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd like to thank our longtime producer and editor, Kevin Hines, for his incredible work on so many episodes of this show. We will miss you. I'm Emily Chang, your host and executive producer. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.